are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Today we find ourselves in Acts 7. I, uh, this week personally, my own personal Bible time, I've been studying the book of Acts. I'm not very moving very fast on it, about maybe two-thirds of the way through it this week just looking at it, reading it, and studying it. About Monday, I'm going to guess, I was in this text, maybe Tuesday, but I think it was, believe it was Monday, and God showed me something. I've read it before in other texts, and I've, I think I preached a message years ago on this subject. I don't remember what it was. Uh, so I, I don't go, by the way, I have every message ever preached there in notebooks, somewhere on a top shelf here. But... Uh, I never go back to look what I preached. God began to work with me anew and afresh. In fact, I, don't, I didn't even remember I'd necessarily preached a thought like this years ago, perhaps decades ago. But it just blessed my heart so very much. It's my prayer that as we head toward 2021, that you'll get ready. In my class this morning, we began a series this month of getting ready for 2021, and we began with finances because when your finances are not right, everything else is out of order. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And today is really a, a message that I hope will help us getting ready for 2021. I'm asking that God will make it the greatest year of my life if he tarries and I live. I'm asking to be the greatest year of our church's history, that God would do far more. I'm asking that we could reach this city, this area, and have such an incredible impact uh, on the revival that I believe God could still send in these last days before his soon return. He may come today, but as I've said for years, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I know it's going to get dark and it's going to get worse and worse, but that might be over there, but I'm praying that God would send a revival right here. And it begins in this parking lot. It seems like, Brother Cooper, if you could get a message, and you've got all the illustrations of historically how God sent revival in strange places, uh, obscure places, different places. Most revivals began with teenagers historically. But I don't know if we've ever heard of revival coming to a parking lot. But I believe... That's what we're experiencing here. I believe God's doing something. I'm looking forward to the day when just scores of young men will use this red carpet here and kneel at the invitation and say, God's called me to preach. There's no turning back. God's calling me to the mission field. There's no turning back. God's calling me to serve him. God's calling me to purity, to holiness, to godliness. And I pray that we'd have some men say, my family, as for me and my house, we're going to just serve God. We're going to be faithful, godly church members. Revival from the parking lot. And so if you'll prepare that message, Brother Cooper, I look forward to hearing that. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I love these people so much. They've been such an inspiration to my wife and I. And I thank you for all they mean to me personally. And I pray that their greatest days would yet be ahead. We think of this illustration of Jacob how he and his boys and his family were so hungry 
as the corn and the sustenance all dried up in Canaan. And then God, he sent his boys down into Egypt where they met their brother they'd been away from for over 20 years. I think of that day that Joseph revealed himself in Genesis 45 to his brothers. They didn't realize that he was second in command. But I pray that today we'd learn something about this word second. It's a good thing. Help some folks to leave here desiring to be the second. The one that comes along with support as in a marriage, a, a wife that is second. She comes along to fulfill a man that will never be complete without that wife. I think of God, the word second. The world calls it second chances. We call it second opportunities in the grace of God the second time that God could still use us, help us as we see this word second in Jesus' name, amen. Chapter seven, verse number 11, and there came a dearth over all the land in Egypt of famine and Canaan and great affliction. And our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. Jacob's sons went first. But in verse 13, and at the second time, Joseph was made known. The story is about a deacon. The deacon is Stephen. Stenophanes is the Greek word, a crown, a diadem. He was a special gift to the church. As these 35 deacons that I have in our church are a special gift to me and to this work. And this deacon is about ready to be stoned to death. What a great man of God. What a preacher of the gospel. What a stand for the Lord Jesus. And as the stones were falling down upon his body, he said, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. I see Jesus yonder in the promised land. My work is over, and now I'm coming to thee. I see Jesus standing, waiting for me. Stephen was a great deacon. He was standing before the high priest. He was giving them a lecture and a study on the history of Egypt, he began, of Israel. He began with his father Abraham, and he went through the patriarchs, and he goes through most, he goes through these times, and he's given a story of what took place, and he went through the place of bondage 40 years as they were in the wilderness. And he began to preach as he stood before the great high, the high priest. In the midst of it, he tells the story of Jacob. Jacob, you recall, is one of the founders of our heritage, but his very name means a conniver and a schemer. And he tried to scheme his brother, and he stole his birthright. But God got a hold of him in Genesis 32. That night as he wrestled with the angel of God, God himself, and he was left with a limp in his thigh as God touched him as a reminder that Jacob, you had to be reduced and humble yourself. And he came to the point where God just wanted him to admit who he was. And he said for the third time, who art thou? And he finally broke, he said, Jacob, I'm the conniver, I'm the con artist. And if you don't like that name, Jacob, my name Jack is a derivative of it as well, so I'm not accusing your name. 
But he said, I had to come to a point, and he said, I'm going to change your name to Israel. You're no longer a supplanter. You're no longer a conniver. God gave him a second opportunity. And he's going to get it right with his brother. And, and, and he did get it right with Esau. Now he has children. He has 11 boys. The 12th was born after Joseph was sold into bondage by his brethren. Joseph went from the Midianites to Potiphar's house. He went from the pit to the palace to the prison. And he went to a place of prominence. He became second in command in Egypt, a foreigner. And God raised him up, number two position. The chariot followed, and he was the second in command. His brothers did not know that. In fact, when they finally came the second time for food, they didn't even recognize him as the first. They didn't recognize who he was. One day, as they came the second time, he commanded all the Egyptians to leave, and he said, let me tell you who I am. Can you imagine, Brother Fenera? I, I get so moved when I read that in Genesis 45. He said to those 10 brothers, and he put them in order, the eldest, as he put Reuben and Simeon and Judah, and they marveled. He put us in our birthright order, who we are. As he expelled all the Egyptians, he said to them, I am Joseph, whom ye sold into bondage. Be not afraid. God, God, rose me up. God raised me up to help our family. You imagine the fear. And yet he proved his love to his brothers. Thank God for second opportunities with family. Today, as I speak to you these moments, some of you are going to have to say, I need to get things right with my mother, my father, my brother, my sister, my husband, my wife, my children. God's given you a second opportunity. I don't like to use the word chance because I don't think there's such a thing as chance with God, but we know that word. There's a second chance. There's a second opportunity. Some of you couples... Maybe God's given you a second opportunity this morning. You've been not, doing nothing but fighting and feuding. Maybe God's giving us, and we don't even see it, a second opportunity again in America to let America come back to God. And today I, I come to you on both behalf, second opportunities, and I want you to also recognize the importance of second place. Many today are, are hopeless in the situation you find yourself but God is not a hopeless God. In God, there is hope. You know, the most popular name, street name in America is not First Street. You think it would be First, but because there's First Street and Main Street, other streets that are considered, the most popular name, street name in America is Second Street. There's nothing wrong with Second I was a second man for over four years in the ministry. There was a pastor. I worked for two pastors. And quite frankly, I was so fulfilled. I loved working for a pastor. I loved it. 
I loved trying to make those two pastors I worked for shine. It wasn't like I felt like I was inferior. I was part of the family, I was part of the team, I was part of the entire program. But it was so enthralling and it, I didn't want it to be seen by other staff, other people. I literally could tell you, I dedicated my life to those men when I served them. It was a fulfillment in my life. I could have seen myself doing that my entire life, just trying to help a man. God called me to be a pastor and I'm so very grateful. I love the word second. I love the second month of the year. It's become so very special in my life since God gave me my sweetheart, my wife, and it's Valentine's Day. But there's another day that started in the 80s around here, and now churches all over America have this week or this month or this day. We had a year called I Love My Church, and every week we talked about how we love North Valley Baptist Church. You know, I love this church, and now we have on this Valentine Day is on a Sunday, the I Love My Church offering and the I Love My Church buckets and all that God is doing. I love the second month of the year. I love the scriptures, the second commandment. Every time you see a second in the Bible, study it. How about the second commandment? No graven image. How about the second commandment that God, Jesus gave us, who is God? They said, who, what is the great commandment? He said, well, the, the first commandment, thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy might, Gen uh, Matthew 22. The second is like unto the first, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We are so absorbed with just our own issues that we have failed, especially COVID has revealed it. We want to be the boss to our neighbor. Pick your, pick your mask up. I went into a store and some guy was shopping this week at a, at a hardware store and he looked at me, put your mask up. I'm thinking, son, you're not the policeman. You know, I want to do right for people, but people should not legislate what everyone else should be doing. I'm to love my neighbor as myself. That's the second commandment. How about the double books in the Bible? In the Old Testament, there's 2 Samuel. There's 2 Kings. There's 2 Chronicles. Read them with maybe more insight. In 2 Chronicles, it's 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name. In the New Testament, we have 2 Corinthians. We have 2 Thessalonians. We have 2 Timothy. We have 2 Peter, we have 2 John. Read those verses and read those verses. The second, the second church in the book of Revelation is the only church that received not a rebuke, the church at Smyrna. And God blessed that church. All the others, he indicated how they went wrong. I remind myself in the scriptures, the second seal judgment Revelation the second trumpet judgment in Revelation, the, the second vial or bowl judgment, the second stone in the foundation in heaven. My Bible says in Revelation is Sardis. It's an amazing thing about Sardis. It's basically a, a, a beautiful deep blue color 
but it can also be yellow and it can be green and it can be red and it can be orange. God put that beautiful color, but I like the color blue that he put in the foundation of heaven's foundation because blue is the most popular color and most, most uh, 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 greatest color in America and world history. Blue is the sky. Blue is the ocean. But blue means grace. And God says, I have so much grace for you. High as the heavens and deep as the sea. My grace goes deep. My grace goes high. God says, I want to put sapphire. I want to put blue. I want to put grace that's in heaven. How about the second chamber of the holy place? There was the holy place, and then the priest went to the holy of holies. That's the second place. How about the old covenant? Law. How about the new covenant? The second covenant. The New Testament. Grace. Friend, there's so many great things. How about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? How about, how about Jonah when he rebelled against God and it went down the other way, but God's word came to him again in Jonah chapter 3 and the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Some today ought to get a hold of that fact that God came back the second time. You rebelled the first time, Jonah, but how about this second time? And it went and he did as God told him to do. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time and he came with a clear message. I want to suggest this today, one. As we look at this word second, verse 13, and the second time Joseph was made known. I want us to leave today one, seeking second opportunities. Will you look for second opportunities? Your wife set you up where you could have said, I was sorry, but you refused. Could you go home today and say, honey, I'm so convicted. I should have said, I'm sorry, sorry. Will you please forgive me? The same is true for a wife. Perhaps you ought to say, I'm sorry. Perhaps you ought to look at that second opportunity. Perhaps you worked on a bus route, and I know the buses have been closed for nine months now. But perhaps you ought to look at that second opportunity, hopefully coming in January, where we can run these buses again and pick up boys and girls and men and women. How about the second opportunity to get on the bus again, to teach the class again, to be in the choir again as we'll hear you tonight. Thank God for the second opportunities in life. Perhaps your marriage needs a second opportunity. Perhaps your job, you become careless with COVID. You're not really dedicated into it. Thank God for your job. And can you go back and say, I'm going to give it my very best. Most of us, we think it's one and done. I'm tired of her. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of Christianity. I quit. I've stopped. It's over. Stephen is giving the illustration and he's going to prove that he's just not in it for an easy ride in life. He is in it to say, I, I, as I, I might be given a second opportunity, but if I don't, this is my second opportunity to stand for Jesus Christ one more time. I'm going to tell you the history of Israel. I think we ought to look and seek for second opportunities. I think we ought to secondly do this. We ought to realize there's beauty in that second position. Now hold on to your seatbelts and some of you are strapped in. I'm glad some of you are wedged in here. Most of you are wedged in. You can't get out. 
You can't walk to the lobby right now. <laughs> You're stuck. The world is going to enjoy this right now as they watch online. Those that scan our services to find fault, you wait till you hear this one. Ladies, you will never find fulfillment in life. I'll prove it from the Bible. You will never find fulfillment in life till you learn the joy of the second position. Would you ask your wife if you could honk the horn? And if there's a lady in the car, could you reach over and honk the horn? You'll never find fulfillment till you find fulfillment in a second position. It's not that you're ignorant and the man, I'm the boss, sit down, woman. You shut your mouth and listen to me. Not if a man is a biblical man who loves his wife. The Bible says, and Jesus took the second position. Jesus is God. There are three. First John chapter 5. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Jesus is God. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God. Elohim, plural in the Hebrew, three or more. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God. He's no less than the Holy Spirit. He's no less than the Father. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus was not man. Jesus is God. I say that because he chose a position just like the Holy Spirit did. John 14, John 16, the Holy Spirit put himself under Jesus Christ. He is God, but he chose to be under the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ chose to be under the authority. He who is God. He who is God. Yet for your sake became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. Jesus chose to place himself under the authority. God gives an umbrella in the scriptures. Husbands, you are to be the head of the wife. Head doesn't mean the brains because most ladies have more brains than any man could ever imagine. A lady, I hope those were men honking. A man has a headship position. Ephesians 5, just as Jesus is the head of the church, so a husband is the head of a family. The head means he sets a direction, sir. It is your job in 2021 to set a spiritual direction for your family. Reading the Bible, praying, 
fasting, knowing God. You must be the man of God for your home. You're responsible. Don't say, well, my wife, she won't do it. Forget about what she does. You, sir, are responsible spiritually. You, sir, are responsible for prayer in the family. You are responsible to teach your family the word of God. You are responsible for the finances of the family and to pay the bill and provision. And you're responsible. You're the responsible one. Now, wife, the Bible says a wife is to submit herself. It means to rank under. It's a military term. A man doesn't say, hey, woman, don't use the word of God to beat your wife up. Ah, sit down, woman. The Bible says you're to submit to me. That's a coward of a man that has to act like he knows the Bible to get his wife to be a, 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 a little subject unto him. Must be a very difficult thing. But safety is found in fulfilling your position. Listen to this. Jesus said this in John, I come to do thy will, O God. Jesus chose who was God. I'm not coming for my own agenda. I'm coming to fulfill you. Ladies, you're really the key in America right now. And you're the key in our homes. The Bible says in Proverbs 31, her husband is known in the gates. We have developed a society where in Isaiah chapter 3 in the last days that children and women will run and rule over men. And God says in the last days, women will rule the men and children will rule the family. But the problem with that, that is not God's safety umbrella. It's a husband who protects the wife, who protects the children. And when children do not obey, there's rebellion in the home. And a wife doesn't voluntarily submit does that mean that she is inferior? No, because Jesus was not inferior. Jesus is God. What's the Bible say? You get married and the two, the two, male and female, two become one. Oh, yes, there'll be conflicts. Oh, yes, there'll be differences. Oh, yes, there'll be disagreements. Why? Because women don't think like men. Joking, joking, joking. Why? Because we as men are bullheaded. We're stubborn. We're self-willed if we're not careful. And a woman can be the same. But when a man lovingly cares for his wife and protects his wife and gives her that responsibility of learning to respect who he is because of the consistency of his life, it's easier to submit. Doesn't mean you're the boss of everything, sir. Because you love her so much as God's word commanded you to love her that you're not doing anything for your own benefit but for the benefit of the home. Jesus did not come for his own benefit. Jesus came to fulfill the will of the Father. And that's why we find there's beauty in that second position. Brother Mophi, you're right there. Would you bring your trumpet if you have it with you? I want you to hear this, and I don't know if you can hear it on the microphone or not, but I, I want you to hear him just play a, a little bit of this song, day by day, and with each passing moment, you come up here wherever you need to come, 
strengthifying to meet my... And there's a reason I want you to hear this song in particular, and he's probably all winded now, this old deacon of mine here who used to be a great basketball player. Thank God for memories, right? Amen. Day by day, just listen. I'll illustrate it in just a moment. Listen to this, if you will. Day by day. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment. I have no cause for worry or for fear. Let's stop right there. You all, if you've been in this church, you know where I'm going on down. I've never done it with a trumpet. You'll stay right there, please. We'll ask Brother Lyon to come and help us for a moment. I was in sixth grade, and my, my cousin Steve, who's a pastor of a Baptist church, Steve was in third grade. I tell you what, Steve, you're probably listening right now or later. He watches our service. He texts me a lot on Sunday morning, praying for you, cuz. I love him. He's third grade, I'm sixth grade. I was much, much, Jose, I was much better than him on the trumpet. Didn't take long, though, because he became much better than me real shortly. I went to my dad. I said, Dad, Pastor Smith's wife, Mrs. Smith, asked us to play a duet in church. Steve and I practiced, but Steve will not play that second part. He said, well, then you play the second part. So I'm not gonna do it, Dad, I'm in sixth grade. Steve's a little third grader. I'll never forget my precious dad without a college education who had such wisdom. I wish I had the wisdom he had. My dad said, son, play the second part. I said, Dad, I'm first chair trumpet in the orchestra at school. You'd always have a competition weekly and you'd try to challenge the person in front of you. And eventually I moved up to first chair. Here's maybe 15 or 20 trumpets. I moved up to first chair, first lead. I was the lead trumpeter. I said, I don't wanna play the second part. My dad said this, Brother Mofi, but the lion, he said, son, the second part is the harmony part. And the harmony brings the beauty to the peace. Ladies, you're not inferior. You bring harmony. Deacons, you're not inferior. You bring harmony. Christian servant of God, you bring harmony. Could you play the lead, brother? And then you jump, jump on in when you want with the harmony, brother, just right now, whenever. Trusting in my father's wise bestowment. We'll have you stop right there. And I want to thank you, men, for helping me. Thank you so much. Day by day, you know, the song is beautiful as a solo, but it's so much nicer as a duet. The girls sang a trio this morning, the ladies sang a duet. 10,000 Joys, and then the Christmas song on the CD, the girls sang. 
It was so beautiful because both the duet and both the and the trio had such rich harmony in there. Harmony brings beauty, ladies. You bring such beauty to a home. A man can never do that. You bring such a calm and a peace to the home. God's created you. Are you smarter than? And I don't mean it to flatter. Yes, your ladies can think out of both sides of the brain. That's why they're ambidextrous. They can do two, three, four, five things at the same time. Not a man. A man can do one thing. I told some staff, I think, this week, maybe it was even here at church, I don't know. I, when my wife had this recent hospital visit. When I got home, I wanted to make sure she, she didn't have anything to do. It was early and dark in the morning. I, I had to try to figure out how to do the washing machine. I had no idea. And it's just, it's not a fancy one. It's just this basic model. And then after about 40 minutes or so, I took it from the dryer, washer and put it in the dryer. I couldn't start that dryer for the life of me. I had no idea. It can't be that hard. You just have to put it on a setting and push. And I put it on a setting. And I, put, I went back and turned the light on. I went and got my glasses. I said, something's wrong here with this dumb washing machine. I said, I wonder why she must have unplugged it. I looked and it was plugged in. I knew it had to be plugged in. You know, men, we're very helpless with that, you ladies. And you're a lot more important than just simply a washing machine. And I sort of was given up in desperation and turned and my knee bumped. The door was wide open. You have to have the door shut to start the dryer. I'm talking about this thing and the moral of the story is I'm not going to learn how to use a washing machine or a dryer. I'll tell you that right now. Ms. Trevor and I have almost been married now a few days, 48 years. God's given me such a wonderful wife. She's better organized than I am and she's, I think, much more intelligent than I am. She's so gifted on the piano. She's gifted as being a mother. She had to teach me how to be a father. Though I was raised in a perfect home. She could see it. One time she sat me down and we were just talking. She goes, honey, you don't ever yell at the kids. You're very kind. But sometimes your voice, I think it sounds like a preacher's voice. I don't think you want to. Be, and I, don't you tell me what to say. Oh, no, I didn't have that spirit. I her very life, she's taught me so much. But I thought just last month I was about to lose her. She means the world to me. I'm so grateful that she's more talented and more gifted and more this and more that than I am. I've learned so much. Ladies, Jesus was not inferior because he took that second position. Our homes need you wives and mothers. It doesn't mean you cannot be a Lydia who sold purple. It doesn't mean like you cannot be the virtuous woman that planted and she sold things and she made garments and she sold them. I'm not suggesting that you just sit there and you just stay home and you, you just do what I say and shut your mouth and keep food on the table, making it. What do you have tonight for us? That's not the way to treat a wife you love. I know I'm out of time, but I want you to know that there is fulfillment in that second position. You know, the first man is of the earth who is earthly, but the second man, the Bible said, is from the Lord who is from heaven. That second man he's referring to is Jesus. 
May I close with the negativity of the second position, and I'm done. I'm coming over here to Revelation chapter number 20. And my Bible says this, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. They were judged out of the book of life. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their work. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them. They judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. For a child of God, we will experience one death, not two. The one death we'll experience if Jesus tarries is as my sister did last month. She breathed 30 days ago her last breath on her journey. She died once. But to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. She's in the presence of God today. She'll never die again because God gave to my sister in a sycamore tree about 15 minutes from here. In 1954, she realized her need of a Savior and asked Jesus Christ in our backyard to be her personal Savior. What a thrill to know that when she died on November the 3rd, on election day, she went into the presence of Almighty God. But when someone dies physically without Jesus Christ, there will be a second resurrection. And in that resurrection, the dead and the sea that are, those are in the sea, and every person that's ever died will stand before God and the books will be opened and their name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life, which it will not because at the second resurrection, at the second death, they'll cast into hell fire and never escape its judgment. That's a negativity today because you don't have to experience the second death. You can trust Christ I'm coming to you on second opportunities. I'm coming to you on second positions today. Find your position in life. Stop telling your boss how to do everything. Doesn't mean that if your boss asks you for recommendations, you can't have them. It doesn't mean that you cannot give suggestions. But if you want to be the boss, begin your own company. God's given us positions in life. Happy is a man that finds and discovers his position and then willingly submits to that position. One day if I get uh, live a long life and the Lord tarries in his coming, one day I'll be 120 years old and I'll be too old to pastor this church at 120. Kind of quiet there, folks. God will ask me to take a different position. I don't see it on the horizon today. But one day this old body is going to become feeble. One day if the Lord tarries, I will find myself undoubtedly in a nursing home. And one day I'm going to have to stand before the people I love and say it's time. We still have to get that corner building. We still have to get that back building. We still have to get the college campus. We still have to be debt free. 
We still have to reach more in the world with the gospel. There's so much more to do. But one day when I'm 100 years of age, I'll have to say, I need this church to call a different pastor. And as Bobby Robertson used to say, I plan to pastor my church till I'm 100 and then go into full-time evangelism. I'm just saying this. Whatever position God gives you, stop fighting God. Whatever position you've chosen to be a wife or a husband or a father or a mother, God's given you the responsibility of a child. Find fulfillment in that second position. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.